0: And now for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host Carl Lamar.
1: You lost your magic. They knocked you off your game. Your Carlness went right out the window. What's with this Carlness? It's not even a
3: it's time now for.
1: Money Dollar.
4: Leave the gun. Take the cannoli.
0: Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co host is the tantalizing Lisa Wolf. In this hour, we'll slowly open the creaking door to the inner sanctum for a horror story from 1946. But first, Lisa Wolf Dillon is our lyricist for Learning the Lyrics. Lisa will read popular song lyrics, and I'll try to guess the name of the songs while you play along at home. Right, Lisa?
5: Yes, Carl, that is correct. And these are all songs whose title begins with the letter N. N, okay. N. So, Mike, I need your prediction, although I will tell you ahead of time, I think that you will get all three of these songs. What? That's what I think, and I don't usually Uh, say that.
1: I was going to say the same thing, depending on how you play out uh, the last one because there's a lot I think of he's, yeah lines I think, that have
5: yeah i'm gonna skip all of those lines okay <laughs> so let's go and see how i do, Bye, how let's do? Go. all right never reaching the end letters i've written never meaning to send beauty i'd always missed with these eyes before just what the truth is i can't say anymore because i love you yes i love Cause you because i love you oh how i love you I love
1: you. (laughs) Yeah.
5: Gazing at people, some hand in hand, just what I'm going through, they can't understand. Some try to tell me thoughts they cannot defend. Just what you want to be, you will be in the end. And I love you. Yes, I love you. Oh, how I love you.
1: Oh, thanks, Lisa.
5: Oh, how I love you. (laughs) That's your best bet right there, that part. Yeah. Because I love you. Yes, I, a, I love you. Yes. Oh, how I love you. Yeah, yeah. That's like the cincher right there. Mm-hmm. That's what gives it away. Because <sighs> I, I, yes, yeah. I, I love you. Yes, I love you. Oh, it's like how I it's love like, you, <laughs> right? It's like yeah, it's really big right there.
1: Um, that's I pretty much gosh, it. Shy, shy, shy.
5: Never reaching the what's end. What's the what's right... Letters I've written.
1: Okay, but tell me the line it's leading the first, up to the word. It's the
5: first line of the song, is the title, but I skipped that line clearly and I went to oh. the second line.
1: See, that's hard then. I, I need to, t- I need a, a word. I need to. Okay, a, well, clearly I picked the wrong
5: song then, obviously. No, just give, a me, terrible give, give me a
1: line going up to the, the. I
5: can't. It's the first line of the song.
1: Well, then give me the last line in the song.
5: I, I don't know the last line of the song. <laughs> then Sorry. you didn't
1: prep well enough, That's did you? That's correct. I, you I, didn't do...
5: I, I did a terrible job, and I picked a terrible what song. what you're
1: supposed to do. No,
5: I did it all wrong. Yeah. It was all bad. You, so I'm pretty you sure. Pretty you much, don't get it. It's my fault. You pretty much screwed it up. Yeah, it's all my fault. Yeah. I did a terrible job, so... Um, I don't know. Okay, let's
1: listen.
6: Nights in white satin.
1: Yeah. Nights in white satin. Yes. Never reaching the end. The Moody Blues. Letters of return. You gotta hear the
5: I love you part
6: Never meaning it's to
1: And I love Wait, you. one more
5: time, one more
6: time. Do you like this
1: song?
5: It's okay It's no good because you didn't get
1: it right I would have got it, I would have <laughs> liked it Just what the truth Yeah, but see, it's so hard if they don't have the line before Darn So don't do that again oh, okay, bad Shame bad. on yeah. you Yes, <laughs> I got to sign me to a record deal yeah I'm
5: sure I mean with well, these golden maybe tones maybe you should stick with this personal shopper <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> might be more up your alley all right but with this mellifluous voice mm, of mine and nobody wants to sign I me I
5: know it's it's really a shame I mean
1: it doesn't have to be a huge record it doesn't have to be like RCA records or anything. It right. could just be like Joe's so Garage George Band me. records. Joe's
5: Garage Band. <laughs> <Thoughts> <laughs> right?
1: All right. Well, I'm
5: sorry. All right. I gave you too much credit. Uh, Clearly, it was my fault because yeah, the, it was the letters in the first Absolutely line, which is fault. really unforgivable. It is. All right. Let's move if on. If it's
1: any consolation, I thought you would have gotten that, Carl. Really? Yeah, I did yes. too. Eh. Well, it was my fault. I like. need the line leading up.
5: Yeah, it, it was a bad choice for sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. you screwed up. Yeah, I did. Okay, I'll try to do better.
1: Do
3: better
5: Okay Here's your next song Alright I was a little too tall Could have used a few pounds I was pounds. a little
1: too tall Could have used a few pounds
5: Tight pants points Tight Hardly pa- renowned Night
1: moves
4: Night moves Bob Sneaker. <laughs> a few
1: pounds
0: <laughs> Tight pants points Hardly renowned She was a black hat
5: Beauty with <laughs> big dark eyes it's song, song. a great song I know you love Bob Sneaker. <laughs>
1: oh Yeah Out past cut on fields where the wind got heavy Out in the back seat of my sexy Chevy Working on mysteries without any clues
3: mm. Working on a
1: night move Trying to make some front page driving news Working on a night move Summertime. sweet, and a sweet, summer summertime. All right, I All got right. one. Sounds good. I got one, Mike. All right,
5: we've got one more to go. All right. All right, here we go. Okay. Um, doesn't have a point of view, knows not where he's going to.
1: Mm.
5: Isn't he a bit like you and me? Please listen. You don't know what you're missing. The world is at your command. He's as blind as he can be. Mm. Just sees what he wants to see. Anything? anything. Take your time. Don't hurry. Leave it all till somebody else lends you a hand. Doesn't have a point of view. Knows not where he's going to. See,
1: that's reminding me of something.
5: (laughs) I think sure it does. Isn't he a bit like you and me? Mm -hmm. It's the next line. Right there. I led you right up to it. All right. Mm-hmm.
1: Got you don't anymore. know
5: what you're missing. That's all part of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't know
1: what you're missing. Mm-hmm. You don't know what you're missing. Yeah. Go ahead.
5: Well, I'm going to start over because right. you really need to. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I can't say the first line, but I can okay. lead you up to it because it continues right. throughout the song. Okay. Yeah doesn't have a point of view.
1: Doesn't have a point of view. Knows not where Knows he's, not going, where he's to. going to. Yeah. Isn't
5: he a bit like you and me? Mm-hmm. I just led you up to the title again. Please listen. You don't know what you're missing. Here's the title again. Okay. The world is at your command. He's as blind as he can be. Just sees what he wants to see. He's blind. Again, there's the title. Hmm. So it's it's interspersed this time yeah. should help you.
1: I don't know. I'm not getting. it.
5: Not, not quite sure. <laughs>
1: I'm having um, trouble.
5: <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. Nah. What you're missing. Again, I've led you up. No, nah, I don't know. No. Okay. Let's let's listen. He's
1: it. a real, real nowhere man. Nowhere <laughs> man. Sitting <laughs> in his nowhere. The Beatles. Land. Making all this nowhere For nobody. <laughs> I wouldn't have gotten this. Really? No.
5: Well, I gave you too much credit here.
1: This is like um, not one of my favorite Beatles songs, and I, oh. I, I just another I would, bad choice. I don't think I would have gotten it. No.
5: It's just, it, and it says nowhere no, meth. Nowhere man. I mean, it's throughout. Please listen.
1: I don't know no, what you're missing. What you're missing. Then, all, right. all right.
5: All right. Well, I got one. You sure did.
1: So I, I didn't get this one. No. All right, That's thanks, all right. Lisa. Better
5: luck next time.
1: You're not very good at picking songs. No, I
5: clearly chose it's all bad your fault. songs. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll well, gonna,
1: the one good one. one I good chose
5: one good one ones. Two, two you you poor did choices. one good
1: one, two bad ones. I'm going to try harder right. for yeah, next time. Yeah, try harder next time. Yeah. Sorry. All right, thanks, Lisa so Wall and Mike Bubble Bath, Castella. When we come back, we're going to open the creaking door to the inner sanctum. Just Stick around. More
0: Hollywood 360 after these important messages.
6: Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310.
1: Thanks, John.
6: You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now.
1: 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Man, that bubble bath, he's the best with the bumpers, huh? Yes. Isn't he?
5: Mike, are you ever going to come visit us down here and Eventually.
1: I don't know. He's way the heck in down this, there.
5: In uh, this booth over here?
1: Yeah. I hope so. We miss Mike. It's like the, like we see him in the beginning of the show yeah. and at the end of the show.
5: We like to make faces and wave.
1: He probably just is sick of looking at me. I mean, that's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> this wouldn't be the first person to When I'm in the, the other home. room, I told you, I'm looking at a mirror. Yeah, that's so. true. That's true. Oh, yeah, that's All weird. right, time for Inner Sanctum Mystery, one of the best of the terror and suspenseful radio shows of the golden age. It was uh, created by Hyman Brown, a good pal of mine. Um, yeah, we used to go to dinner in New York City quite a bit. He was just a, he was an awesome guy. And he created this show back in 1941, and it aired uh, all the way until the uh, 50s. So it was a very successful series, and he would open the creaking door, and then Raymond would come out and say, I'm your host. And he yeah, it was great. And um, we'd present these mysteries. We have an episode called Eight Steps to Murder, June 4th, 1946. Here's part one of Inner Sanctum Mystery.
3: Lipton Tea and Lipton Soups present. Inner Sanctum Mysteries. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. When you heard the sound of the squeaking door, it was exactly 30 seconds past the hour for murder. Don't worry. We won't keep you waiting much longer. Even as I talk to you now, our hero and his victim are standing beside me, wishing I'd uh, dispense with formalities so they can get to more enjoyable pursuits, like murder. (laughs) Now into our sizzling thriller, Eight Steps to Murder, written especially for Inner Sanctum by Emil Tepperman. This is the chronicle of a carefully calculated crime. A crime so twisted and subtle... that it had to be blueprinted in advance. As Barry Kroger, in the role of Mark Durfee, the newspaper columnist, tells his story... we shall watch this crime develop... step by step... eight steps to murder. When I decided
0: to kill Basil Archer... I went about it like an architect... Laying out the plans for a complicated building project. Only a fool leaves the details of such an undertaking to chance. I calculated every risk. I weighed every possibility of failure. I blueprinted each of the eight necessary steps I had to take. My first step was to get a suitable weapon. I went on Monday morning to the office of a pawnbroker I knew on 48th Street. Uh, good morning, my friend. How are you, Mr. Krug? Come in, come in, Mr. Duffy. Thank you. You know what I want. Indeed, yes. I have it here, exactly what you need. It's uh, fully loaded. You can spin the barrel and see for yourself. Mm-hmm. Nice revolver. Looks a little awkward. Well, you uh, you said you wanted it with the silencer attached. Mm, yes. Uh, how much for this, Mr. Krug? Uh, $250. What? That is the price, Mr. Durfee. You know, uh, it's against the law to sell these. Well, yes, but, but $250. You will pay it, Mr. Durfee. Wow. Well, all right. You know what I want this gun for. But naturally. You know I'm planning to kill someone with it. But naturally. Otherwise, would you want a silencer on it? You wouldn't be above a little honest blackmail, would you, Mr. Krug? Uh, Please, do not point that gun at me. It is loaded. I know that. What uh, What are you going to do? I regret this, Mr. Krug. I'm going to have to kill you. No, I swear to you. Save it. You'll be sorry for this. You'll make a mistake. You'll make a slip. There'll be no mistake. There will. There will. You cannot think of everything. I have thought of everything. This is the first thing. You cannot... Of everything, I left Krug's body where it lay and put the silenced revolver in my inside pocket, and stepped out into the air. I stopped, stuck still. The rain suddenly coming down in buckets. I hadn't counted on it starting to rain alibi for Krug's killing was carefully planned. Everybody at my hotel thought I was still in my room, sleeping off a binge. It carefully staged a drinking spree last night. But if my clothes were wet, they'd know I'd been out this morning. You cannot think of everything. You cannot think of everything. I hurried back to my hotel, walking in the rain. It was too dangerous to take a cab. I sneaked in the service entrance the way I'd come out and walked up the one flight of stairs. As soon as I got in my room, I took off my clothes, dropped them all in the bathtub, and started the shower going. And then I went to bed. About noontime, when the phone rang, I knew it was the clerk downstairs calling, because I'd left a call for 12. I let the phone ring. That was step number two. A few minutes later, just as I expected, Ryan, the house detective, let himself into the room with his pass key. I pretended to be asleep, dead to the world. Shenanigans. Boy, what a load he must have taken on last night. I heard Ryan go into the bathroom where the shower was still running, and then come out, muttering, and approach the bed. Wake up, Mr. Daffy. Uh, what? Oh, my head. Oh, you must have been as high as a kite last night. Oh. Uh. You undressed in the shower. Left all your clothes in the bathtub. They're soaking wet. Oh. Safe. My tracks were completely covered. This was Monday afternoon. According to my schedule, Basil Archer was to die on Friday evening at 10 o'clock sharp. I was now free to take step three in my blueprint for murder. For this purpose, I went to Basil Archer's office. He was a theatrical producer, you see. And his office was upstairs over the famous old fantasy theater where Archer's new play was to open on Friday evening. As I opened the door of Basil Archer's office, I was quite cool. I had rehearsed myself well. Basil was seated at his desk talking to Gregory Sutherland, the young and handsome author of the new play. Hello there, Mark. Glad to see you. Hi, Basil. Just dropped in to get a line on the new play. You know Greg Sutherland, the author? Sure. Greg, this is Mark Durfee. Uh, We've met. I tell you, Mark, Storm Over the Highlands is going to be the biggest hit of the season. Greg's written a fine play. I'm glad to hear that, Basil. I ought to go over big, especially with your wife doing the lead. Nina's a great actress. (laughs) Confidentially, that's one of the reasons why I'm doing Storm Over the Highlands. Just suited for Nina. Nina will be wonderful. I guess she likes working with you, Mr. Sutherland. It's always a good idea for the author and the star of a play to uh, work together. Oh? Have you and Nina been working together, Greg? Well, yes, Mr. Archer. We uh, sort of thought if we could exchange ideas. uh... (laughs) I never saw two people put their heart and soul into a job like Nina and Sutherland here. They spend every minute they can together. Now, look here, Durfee, I I don't like the way you said that. Oh, I'm sorry, Sutherland. You know I didn't mean anything. It's uh, it's only what people are saying, seeing you both together so much. Uh, What's this all about, Mark? This is the first I've heard of anything. Oh, forget it, Basil. Oh, by the way, here's a package. I want to give it to Nina on opening night. I wonder if you'd put it in your safe for me till Friday. Which... Why, sure, if you want me to. I'll put it here on the bottom shelf next to the payroll money. Come in Friday evening during the first intermission and I'll
3: get it out for you. Why?
0: Are those all packages of money on the bottom shelf? Yes, over 100,000 in there. Receipts from my other shows. Hey, I Mark. All safely locked up. Uh, what kind of a present is it? I, I'd rather keep that a secret till Friday. From Archer's office, I went straight to his apartment. I knew Nina would be home, and it was important that I talk to her now.
4: Hello, Mark. I've been wondering if you'd come today. I told you I would, Nina. I've waited so long. Darling oh, Mark, how long will it be now? How much longer?
0: Only till Friday, darling, after Friday, you'll be free of him forever,
4: and then you and I mm.
0: there's work to do first. This is only the fourth step. There are four more to go. Mm-hmm. Everything's working according to schedule. The next step is up to you.
4: What must I do, Mark?
0: Oh, I've started the ball rolling. Basil's beginning to worry about you and Sutherland.
4: He's
0: mm-hmm. got to be encouraged to suspect as much as possible. You've got to be seen around with Sutherland as frequently as you can.
4: Oh, that'll be easy. Sutherland's hardly more than a kid. He worships the ground I walk on. But I'd rather be with you, darling. Mm-hmm. There's five days more, Nina.
0: And then we can be together. Always outside nina's house i stopped for a moment with a queer sensation in the pit of my stomach it was raining again reminded me of mr krug you can't think of everything you can't think of everything I seemed to hear krug's voice drumming in my ears You'll make a mistake, Mark Derby. You'll make a mistake. I won't. I won't. You'll make a mistake.
1: Oh, he's going to make a mistake, Lisa. Uh, Inner Sanctum Mystery starring... Who's in this? Well, Paul McGrath is the host, but Barry Kroger is the lead actor in this uh, Eight Steps to Murder, June 4th, 1946. And that's the Beatles.
5: Yeah, right now you <laughs> know them.
1: <laughs> More of Inner Sanctum in a moment. i <laughs>
6: If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, Sam Spade, Burns and Allen, Have Gun Will Travel, Gangbusters, and Sherlock Holmes, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive ten half-hour classic radio shows along with historical liner notes. The ten shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood three hundred and sixty radio show and the thirty-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Carl Amari and I co
1: And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. All right, before we get back to Inner Sanctum Mystery, I want to remind all of our listeners that we have a club just for you called the Classic Radio Club, and that's uh, where fans of these great radio shows could collect them in superior sound quality. Everything that we offer through the Classic Radio Club is pristine sound, no clicks, no pops, No uh, muddiness. It's just clean as a whistle. Good (laughs) (laughs) fun. I can't whistle right now. Clean as a whistle. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, thanks to the uh, great Mike Bubble Bath Costello, the sound quality is incredible. We only use shows direct from the master recordings. You get 10 of them each and every month, plus a booklet. And you can get them on CD or via digital download. And when you join the Classic Radio Club, you also get our podcast, this show, the full five hours and radio rarities sent to you every Monday free. It's part of the Classic Radio Club membership. And you can cancel at any time. And it's really convenient. We have people, Lisa, that have been in the club for the five years we've had the club. They just... Get their CDs sent to them every single month, or they get digital downloads, whichever they like. Of course, the digital downloads cost less because there's no, you know, product being sent to you. It's a, it's a digital download link, right? Right. Yeah. And so uh, this is a, a club that is specifically for our listeners, and we started this about five years ago, and it's been going strong. Go to classicradioclub.com, classicradioclub.com, and you will learn all about it. Try it out because even if you just joined for a couple of months and if you're not happy for whatever reason, you can always cancel. There's no there's no obligation for you to continue to stay in the club each and every month, but most people do. They really, really like it, and we're really proud of it, and we make sure that we send awesome, like amazingly awesome-sounding shows, and we mix it up. Like, you know, we put um, Jack Benny, Amos and Andy, Suspense, The Shadow, The Lone Ranger, The Green Hornet. You know, you get all kinds of stuff. It's It changes every single month. Every 30 days you get 10 new shows, and um, I think you'll really like it, plus uh, a great booklet that details all of the information in there. So go to ClassicRadioClub.com, ClassicRadioClub.com. All right, we're listening to Eight Steps to Murder, starring Barry Kroger, June 4th, 1946, on Inner Sanctum Mystery.
3: Oh, poor Krug. You know, a pawnbroker's life is not an easy one, and Krug took such an interest in his business. And he never suspected Mark Durfee. In fact, he probably liked him for his redeeming qualities. (laughs) Though come to think of it, Krug was pretty lucky at that. Mark didn't steal anything from the store but the gun, so Krug lost practically nothing but his life.
2: (laughs) You know, Mark's story gives me an idea. I'd like to draw up a blueprint myself.
3: Yes, Mary, another blueprint for murder.
2: Oh, now, Mr. Host. I'd call mine a blueprint for summer refreshment. And I'd like to do it in sound. First, I'd start with the creak of porch rockers on shaded summer streets... and the murmur of backyard gardeners and the lilac dust. And with the teensters home from school, there'd have to be some sweet swing music, of course. And just to make my blueprint of summer sounds complete... You'd hear the tinkle of ice in tall, cool glasses. Glasses of refreshing iced Lipton tea. Yes, iced Lipton tea just goes with summertime fun and enjoyment. Lipton's has such a wide-awake flavor. The whole family will love it. And that flavor, folks, is brisk. Yes, that's the secret. Lipton's brisk flavor is what makes iced Lipton tea taste extra good. So for a delightful treat to beat the heat, Serve iced tea, and for the best iced tea ever, insist on Lipton tea. Brisk flavor, never flat.
3: Couldn't have done better myself, Mary. But now, let's catch up with our architect of murder. If Mark Duffy's blueprint works out according to schedule, our death rate should go up sharply to about one per person. Let's see. He should be up to his fifth step by now, shouldn't he?
0: Tuesday was a clear day without rain, and I felt better. I knew now that I couldn't make a mistake. In four days, Basil Archer would die as planned.
3: And now, for the fifth step. An easy one for Mark Durfee because he's a newspaper columnist. It merely requires dictating a little item for his column into the dictaphone at his desk.
0: Oh, there's a new play opening soon, which should be a huge success... If the author and the leading lady can do anything to make it click, they're working harder on it than the producer himself. It looks like they've um, clicked with each other, too.
3: And now, the sixth step. Eight steps to murder, and this is number six. Just a couple of telephone calls to set the sixth step in motion. Hello? Hello? Hello, Nina. Did you see the paper this morning? Mark,
4: darling, it was perfect. I've had a half dozen phone calls. Everybody knows you met Sutherland and me. Oh, good. Basil saw
0: it, too, at breakfast this morning. He did? How did he like it? Oh,
4: he just looked glum. I don't think he believes
0: it. (laughs) All right. Now, here's what I want you to do. Get hold of Sutherland and make him take you out tonight. Uh Uh-huh. There's a fast little nightclub out on the island. The uh, Pirates Hole.
4: I know the place. Kind of disreputable, isn't
0: it? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, now, look. You'll get Sutherland to take you there. You think you can manage that?
4: Oh, he'll take me anywhere I want to go.
0: Good. Be sure to be there tonight about ten. I'll take care of the rest. Basil Archer speaking. Oh, hello, Basil. How are you? Now, look here, now, now, look, Mark. wait. Take it easy, Basil. I know you want to bore me out about that piece in the column. I thought you were a friend of mine. Well, uh, look, Basil, that's why I printed that piece. I don't like what's going on. Just what do
4: you mean? If Nina
0: feels like working with the author of the place, Sure, sure, it's... that's all right. But, but, look, why keep things secret? What do you mean by that? Well, you ask Sutherland if he has any plans for tonight. I know what plans he has for tonight. He's going to stay home and work on some lines in the last uh, scene. Oh. ho, ho. Is that so?
1: What are you hinting at, Mark?
0: I'm hinting that you take a run out to the Pirate's Hold. You know where it is? Out on the island? And you'll see how hard Sutherland will be working on the last scene.
3: Hello?
4: Mark, this is Nina. Oh, where are you? I'm calling from the Pirate's Hold. Basil was just here. Oh, God. God.
0: Did he find you with Sutherland?
4: Well, naturally. I did just what you told me to.
0: (laughs) I'm fine. Everything is set for tomorrow.
4: You're sure everything will be all
0: right? Yes, quite sure. Now, this is what I want you to do tomorrow. Just before the show opens, you'll take sick. Oh. Basil will have to put in an understudy for you.
4: Yes, I can do that all right.
0: Then you'll dismiss the servant. Yes. Now, remember this clearly, Nina. You're going to be my alibi for the hour between 9 and 10. Understand? I understand, Mark. I'll be over at nine. But I'll leave a few minutes later by the back way. Only you'll swear that I stayed till a few minutes after ten. Is that clear? Yes, Mark. And good luck. When I rang the doorbell of Nina's apartment Friday night, I knew that every step I'd taken thus far had been right. I couldn't fail.
4: Mark, I was afraid you weren't coming. I was afraid something had gone wrong. Oh,
0: no, no. Nothing's gone wrong. You sent the servants away? Yes,
4: they're all gone. I'm alone. I can swear you were here till after ten.
0: Good.
4: How how are you how are you going to kill him?
0: With this?
4: A gun. What's that bulky looking thing on it on the muzzle?
0: That's mm, a silence, Nina.
4: Oh. Well, you better hurry, darling. You haven't much time.
0: There's one thing more that I've got to do here before I go.
4: Why are you pointing the gun at me?
0: Because I'm going to kill you, Nina, dear.
4: Oh, no, Mark, I don't like that kind of joke.
0: It isn't a joke, my darling.
4: Mark, are you crazy?
0: You little fool. Did you think I'd go to all this trouble, planning this thing step by step? Did you think I was doing all of this for you? But well,
4: I-, I thought you loved me. I- you I
0: th- thought I was committing murder because I loved you? Nina, <laughs> oh, you're just another step in my blueprint. Now you've served your purpose, just like Krug. Krug was step one. You're step seven. Mark! <coughs> made sure Nina was dead, and then I hurried out and went to Basil Archer's office. I had to be sure my timing was right. This was the eighth and the final step. I knew Basil would be in his office during the first intermission, so... Hello, Basil. Oh, it's you, Mark. Come in. I want to talk to you. What about, Basil? Mark, what's going on between Sutherland and Nina? Oh, now, Basil, you're not a fool. I, uh, I can't believe it. Well, look, if you want proof, suppose you get that package out of the safe, the one I left with you? The package? What's that got to Well, you get it, and I'll show you. All right. Uh, Well, here's your package. Now, what do you want to show me? Still got all that cash in the safe, huh? You know I always have it here. Yes, I know. Say, what are you doing with that revolver? Look, Basil. Look into the muzzle. What the... That's... Just right.
3: Oh!
0: I opened the package Basil had given me. It was only an empty box, nothing in it, but there was something here I could put into it now. I stepped across Basil's body, knelt before the open safe, and took out the neatly tied bundles of money and put them into the empty box. A hundred thousand dollars. It was well worth the months of planning and the careful blueprinting. I was a rich man. Now I was ready for the finale. The last bit of routine business... which would finish the whole thing off properly. I picked up the phone... and dialed police headquarters. It wouldn't be too difficult to imitate... Basil Archer's voice over the telephone. (laughs) I'd rehearsed that, too. Yes, headquarters. Uh, Hello. This is Basil Archer speaking. I've just killed my wife. What's that? My wife and Sutherland, they were planning to run away together. They stole all the money from my safe and were going away. So I killed her. But now I'm going to kill myself, too. Now wait, Mr. Archer. Now wait a minute. Don't do anything right. softly Just stay there we the send the radio. Now. Oh. Now, oh. everything was set. Carefully, I placed the revolver in Basil's cold hand. And left no prints on it, because I was wearing gloves. I picked up the package and walked out into the hall. But in the hall, I stopped short. Someone had just come into the building downstairs. I peered down, and I saw Gregory Sutherland coming up. Mr. Archer, are you up there? You better hurry, the second act is starting. Sutherland was coming up the stairs. I couldn't get out, but I wasn't trapped. Oh, no. There was a porter's closet down the hall turned over to it and slipped inside just as Sutherland got to the landing. George are you in there? Sutherland was in Basil's office now. He'd be finding the body. This was my chance to sneak out. I opened the closet door. What, Kitty? Archie's office is one place up. Maybe we can make it in time. The guy said he was going to kill himself. The police had come in answer to my telephone call. Now I couldn't get out. There'd be a crowd outside, and I'd be seen leaving. I had to stay in the building. <laughs> Still, I wasn't trapped. I knew just what to do. Instead of leaving the building, I would walk out of the closet and into Basil's office right after the police. They'd think I'd just arrived. I stepped out of the porter's closet. I started for the door of Basil's office. Then, suddenly, I got a sick, weak feeling in the pit of my stomach... I stopped, stuck still. I'd almost walked in to my death. It was raining outside. Suppose I walked in there with my clothes all dry, claiming that I just come in from the street. They'd know that I'd been hiding in the building all the time. The rain, that rain—it almost tricked me again. You can't think of everything. You'll make a mistake. You can't. I, can't think of I you can. I can. You old fool! I'll show you. I hurried back into the porter's closet. And I knew how to beat this, too. I turned on the faucet in the sink... and splashed and drenched myself from head to foot. (laughs) Well, now, now, I looked as if I'd just come in out of the rain. I stepped out of the closet, went down the hall... Entered Basil Archer's office, dripping wet. The two policemen were standing over Basil's body with Gregory Sutherland. They all looked up as I came in. Oh, hello, Mr. Durfee. Sorry about this. It's your what? friend, Basil Archer. committed no. suicide. Oh, no. Oh, it's impossible, Sergeant Moran. Basil wouldn't do a thing like that. Why, who, who found him? I did, Mr. Durfee. I came to call him for the second act. Oh, this is terrible. He's an open and shut case. Killed his wife, then came here and knocked himself off. Oh. And what's more, Mr. Sutherland? Yes? Before he knocked himself off, he phoned headquarters and said you'd stolen money from his safe. Well, that's a lie. A rot... Wait a minute. Sergeant. Uh, Mr. Durfee. Yes, Sutherland? How did you get yourself all wet like that? (laughs) Oh, oh, oh. Oh, you try not getting wet in that rain. Rain? What rain, Mr. Durfee? Suddenly... Suddenly, I went clammy all over. I saw that none of them was wet. Their clothes were all dry. But how, how could that be? They'd just come in out of the rain. What rain, Mr. Dart? Well, you, you can hear it, can't you? It's pouring rain. Just listen to that thunder. Thunder? Rain? Good heavens, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. Don't you see, Sergeant? He's been in the building all the time trying to make us think he just came in and he got himself all wet for nothing. Sergeant, I bet you a dollar he murdered Archer. You're crazy. It's pouring outside. You can hear it yourself. But just listen to that rain beating down. The thunder. You poor sap. That isn't rain you hear. It's my play next door. Storm over the highlands. Remember? And those are the sound effects in the second (laughs) act.
3: It looks like Mark Durfee was all wet. In fact, he got himself so soaking wet, he practically liquidated himself. But cheer up. I'm sure he won't spend more than six months in jail. And that wouldn't be so bad, would it? If they weren't going to execute him afterward.
2: Poor Mark. If only someone had told him.
3: Uh, Told him what, Mary?
2: Well, look, Mark took eight steps to get in the cooler when you really only have to take one step to get cool. <laughs> sure, just step down to the grocers and get a large economical package of brisk Lipton tea. Then keep a pitcher of iced Lipton tea always on hand and help yourself to its cooling refreshment off and on throughout the day. That's all there is to it. And you'll find Lipton's makes perfect iced tea because Lipton's is never flat. It always tastes delightfully tangy and full-bodied. That's why this summer, when you want iced tea, you should be sure to use the tea with the brisk flavor. Ask your grocer tomorrow for Lipton's.
3: And so ends our little essay on the modern methods of murder. Of course, our little essays on murder are only for the select few. As a matter of fact, only one person in every 10,000 is capable of murder. Mm -hmm. And speaking of statistics, due to our high birth rate, the population of this country is increasing faster than Inner Sanctum can kill them. Very discouraging. Very discouraging indeed. (laughs) Oh, by the way, this month's Inner Sanctum mystery novel is The Panic Stricken by Mitchell Wilson. And next week, the makers of Lipton tea and Lipton soups will bring you another inner sanctum story directed by Hyman Brown and called Bury Me Not. Now, there's a plot for you. A plot right in the graveyard. Trouble is, the rains come and uncover it. Hmm? What becomes of the body? Well, now, that's any body But come around next week. We'll be right at the graveside, and uh, we'd like to have you drop in. (laughs) Until then, good night. Pleasant dreams? Hmm?
2: (laughs) Tune in next week for another Inner Sanctum Mystery.
3: This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting
1: System. Oh, I love Inner Sanctum Mystery. And uh, even though they didn't have a full orchestra, Lisa, they had just an organ. It was still great. And um, the writing was great and it was creepy. and But it was fun creepy, right? You know, you had Raymond, your host, I love Inner Sanctum. That's June 4th, 1946, broadcast, Eight Steps to Murder, starring Barry Kroger, along with Paul McGrath and Mary Bennett, who reminds me of you, Lisa. She was the Lipton Tea Woman. Are you there? No,
5: that was me, actually. Oh, was it?
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. That was you in your 20s? That was me.
5: 1946. Right. Ah. Old me. Yeah. Now I am old.
1: Uh, Anyway. Great job on there, though, That's the Lipton tea Woman. Thanks. Uh, Inner Sanctum Mystery. All right, more of Hollywood 360. Well, wait a minute. We're going to do uh, This Month in Music History, right? Right. We have one more Halloween-related okay. song. Let's do it. Let's hear it.
5: But I'm a creep. I'm a you know this song? Yeah. When it's it's called Freaks. Uh, by radio oh, right yeah creep by radiohead oh why 1992 on their debut I've called, album i've been called a
1: creep i'm sure you <laughs> a have few times
5: in my <laughs> just, a, just just a few. a few just a few times <laughs> just
1: a handful you know <laughs> 20 or 30 times <laughs> i understand <laughs> <laughs> oh man but i'm a lovable creep
5: absolutely Right? you know i'm if a if there is such a thing i'm a good creep is there a good creep yeah, or a bad creep sure. kind of like a good witch and a bad nah, witch good creep okay
1: (laughs) all right thanks lisa (laughs) more of hollywood 360 after this
0: more hollywood 360 after these important messages
1: and now back to hollywood 360 with carl amari next week it's blondie suspense the sealed book lights out the Hall of Fantasy, and we'll chat with Kathy Lynch, editor of Good Old Days magazine, so don't miss it. Be sure to visit our official website at hollywood360radio.com. From my co-host, Lisa Wolf, our executive producer, Mike Bubblebath-Costella, and my crabby brother, Vince Amari, this is Carl Amari saying stay safe, be healthy, and thanks for listening.